WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And a happy Halloween weekend all. You're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 30th and 31st. Merry Mother of God. Here it goes. The most glorious month. One of the two most glorious months on the calendar is gone already. Wrapping up this week, and we have a lot of stuff going on. Now, the weather sucks coming out of Parkway yesterday, Friday. The wind was blowing the Xterra everywhere, but it augurs well for what is happening. The striper bite's really accelerating. Tog, now in a couple of weeks, that goes to five fish. Sea bass is still going bonks, although they are moving off. Don't forget now, as of Monday, All Saints Day, can I say that? All Saints Day, the limit goes to 15 fish, but that magical, maniacal, insidious half-inch increase to 13 inches is in effect. If you have not picked up the November issue of the Fisherman magazine, go and get it. If you don't subscribe, subscribe. One of the best issues, and I've known writing with the Fisherman since 1980. Oh, man, many decades. This is one of the best ever put out by the Shirley, New York magazine. Joining us on the line right now, I just, I'm, the reason I'm hesitating a little bit, I just... Think of the interview I had with Mike Caruso, owner and publisher of Fisherman, a few weeks ago on the passing of Fred Golifaro. Longtime editor, just an incredible, incredible individual. There's there's a story about Fred. Actually, you know, people just talking about him that knew him, some of the heavy hitters in the industry, and also everyday fishermen, everyday friends. You have Jim Hutchinson, outstanding, as always, editorial, which we're going to touch on, but listeners, Check page 20. New call for, check this out. Only Hutch can do this. Angler management. But right now, we're gonna have, we have Jim on the line. We just want to touch on his editorial. It is election season. Sorry about that. Politics is involved. As Jimmy said to me the other night on the phone, Tom P., saltwater fishing is regulated. So it is political. Hutch, thanks for your patience there. My opening line, I just get going, Hutch. You get me, you put out an issue <laughs> like this, and you get me all discombobulated, Hutch. You guys are killing me here. Yeah, I'd be sitting here thinking about Fred and uh, how instrumental he was in so many things in the community that folks didn't even know about. He was, uh, right. He, the manufacturers used to send him surf tackle before they launched it. And they had him use it up in Montauk, right? Because if Fred, if Fred said this stuff doesn't work, they weren't going to release it. So uh, he's just an amazing man. Hey Hutch, he, he just again, listeners, just full transparency. Way back when, when did we introduce Yuzuri here? Yuzuri and Seagar sent him some mag darters, some whatever, whatever. Hmm. And Hutch, he made um, he made a couple of recommendations, two or three, of which were incorporated in the in just tweaking, fine-tuning these these lures that are still some of the best sellers, some of the most effective striper baits out there. And reason, listeners, you know me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a motor mouth. I just hesitate. I get that, that apple in the throat, that thick feeling in the throat, Hutch, when I think of Fred and just how wonderful he was. I'd only see him at ICAST or the writer's meeting here and there. Always had a kind word. Always talked fishing. Always asked about the family. Hutch, he was just a good man. He was, he was a great man. He really was. And, uh, it's been, uh, you know, the dedication that you mentioned on the pages of the fishermen this month in the glossy section, uh, we didn't really write. It was written by other people. Uh, I, I took a lot of, we took a lot of comments from social media, a lot of emails, uh, some really uh, priceless gems from people. 
And I, I think the only thing that I would point out is. I know, and some of the some of the big guns, like I said, he Charlie Soros, Soros, whatever his name is. I've I've been reading him for a hundred years. The only one longer was remember Fred Ullman? I mean, I, and I yeah. was a freshwater kid at the time, and I was fascinated, fascinated by his writing. But these tributes from, again, across the spectrum, from heavy hitters to everyday people to industry people who knew Fred, just uh, just just. Just blew my mind again. That's why I was a little hesitating, you know, getting things going because I wanted to mention that. Well, I think it's awesome, but um, yeah, thanks. Well, Hutch, let's get to your editorial listeners on page three in the local section. Get the November issue of Fisherman, please. Fishing for a governor, Hutch. I just read, I must have read it three or four times. I love you, D. Maria, saying, Did you read it enough? You're almost tearing the page out. <laughs> You know what's funny? So, things I started at the Fisherman, Pete Barrett hired me in 2002. And when I go back almost 20 years, it was different. Um, it was, it was, you can talk about things related to fishing in the Fisherman magazine, and it was expected that you do so. And you would, you would attack or you would praise politicians, be it state or federal, that he didn't care if they were a Democrat or Republican. Right. If they stood for fishing, you, 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 you focus on that. And if they were shirking their responsibilities to fishermen, you let them know. You let the readers know. And folks didn't see things from the fisherman perspective of being partisan. You know, they separated that stuff out. So right. this guy, you know, this guy is he's standing for this and my education and my taxes. And, but, but fishing is different. It's kind of changed, I think. You know, mm -hmm. I've gotten some people this week who, you know, Everything in that, that editorial is, is true. It kind of mentioned the fact that when I first started at the Fisherman, I used to reach out to gubernatorial candidates and say, hey, you want a shot? Yeah, governor, you want a shot? Nobody wanted anything. Nobody mm -hmm. ever wanted this. They didn't care. And gubernatorial candidates and governors in the past didn't care enough to come to say, give me 500 words in the Fisherman magazine because I'd like to speak to the anglers. Nobody ever said that. So when I got a phone call from Jack Cetarelli who said, Hey, you want to talk fishing? Meet me in Brigantine. You got it. There you go. So, but so the people that I'm sure that somebody's listening is a staunch Democrat, for example. They're not going the other way. This is it. That's it. But just to understand if a, a guy who's running for office calls and says, I want to talk about fishing, well, will my responsibility as a news person be say, no, I can't do that because that would be unfair? Exactly. You got to cover these issues, and and, and I, I put the R's and the D's off to the side. You've got to cover these issues, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's what I did. So I thought that was rather interesting. Well, Jim, you met at uh, Andy's place, ripped Andy Grossman. Uh, shout out to Andy. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, Riptide bait and tie with the listen. His clams. I don't know what he does. He calls them the Riptide rotters. Man, did, yeah. they, did they catch bass? <laughs> but now, <laughs> but but Jim. So Murphy has. I contacted his office. Nope, no interest. Uh, I've had Jack on on Rackovin twice. You know, again, the hunting issue, now see the firearms issue, not fishing. But Murphy just seems just who cares? That's not my that that's not my voting block. I don't care. I I, I was I was pretty impressed by Jack's sincerity as far as the topics I covered. But it came across. Listen, go to fisherman dot com and check out the interview. Brief interview, but right to the point, Hutch. Again, being the journalist that you are, you nailed it, bang, 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 and Jack was right there with you. So, 
So the interview itself is on our YouTube page. You'll mm -hmm. find it at thefisherman.com. It was a five-minute interview, and I just took pieces of it and wrote something I thought was kind of tongue-in-cheek. And it's not right. an, an endorsement. I don't come right. out and say, go vote for Jack Chatterelli. Right. The only, the only funny thing is, I say at the end is, look, <laughs> I'm not telling you who to vote for, but Governor Murphy never asked me to fish. You know, So I, I thought it was funny, but it's we've got to get back to a point in, in society, I think, yep. and especially when it comes to hunters and fishing. We're, we're the bellwether of this, right? Right. We've got to get to a point where we can talk openly and honestly about the issues impacting our community without having to worry about upsetting somebody who's got a D or an R, you know, in parentheses after their name. Right. We've got to get back to talking about the issues. And, and golf is not regulated. And cornhole's not regulated. And bowling's not regulated. But fishing is. Mm -hmm. and, and fishing, we, we lose access based on appointments that come from the governor's office to the Mid-Atlantic Council, to the ASMFC, to the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council. We've got two empty seats at the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council that have been open for at least a year. And, and, and the, the sitting, the sitting, okay, I can't say this because I respect Hutch too much to put my, my two cents in. The <clears throat> sitting governor had, there's no appointment, nothing, I mean, nothing going on? We, there, are, there are names. I've asked about it. Mm -hmm. The DEP and the division, they said the names are there. We're just waiting for the word. The word is stuck in an office in Trenton. You know, it's the same thing that, you know, you probably, I, I'm pretty sure you covered the Greenwood Lake situation. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Governor Cuomo has a, has a representative on that commission. We don't. So all I'm saying is when, when it's time to call somebody out for not doing the right thing, you need to do it and not worry about who you're going to tick off on a partisan side. And if somebody's going to come in and say, listen, you're, I want to tell you and tell your anglers what I'm going to do, I can't all of a sudden stop to think, oh, do you have a D in front of your name or an R? What should I do here? No, i got to do this. That's, that's that's what the role of the, an outdoor journalist is, and that's what we do at the Fisherman Magazine. And Hutch, you do it well. Join us on the line, Jim Hutchison, Jr., Managing Editor, New Jersey, Delaware Bay Edition of Fisherman. Listeners, listeners, pick up the November issue. Go to Hutch's. Uh, just fishing for a governor editor's log. He said tongue in cheek, but with enough needles in there to make you, you know, make you pull your tongue back a little bit because he lays it out as he always does, front and center. In other words, straight between the eyes. Hutch, thanks for joining us. Hope to see you on the water this November when the striper run is really, really cranking. All right, little brother. I think it's getting ready to crank, my friend. You take care, man. Be good. Best of Michelle yeah, and the family. Yeah, appreciate it. God bless. We'll see. You. Okay, coming up, Al Cordelli in the Bay. I went long on that segment. That's all right. Hutch, again, November edition, Fisherman Magazine. Check it out. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Make your Halloween plans wet and wild with the Haunted Car Wash at Cape May Car Wash. Thursday, October 28th through Monday, November 1st. From 6.30 to 9.30 p.m., let the ghosts and ghouls keep you company while your car gets expertly cleaned. $25 per car. Unlimited members go through free with donations for the Marine Mammal Stranding Center. Clean family fun for everyone, including your car. It's the Haunted Cape May Car Wash. Exit 10 on the Parkway on Stone Harbor Boulevard next to Kindle Auto Plaza. Over 56 million records sold worldwide. You can hear me on the radio. She is a Grammy Award-winning country music icon. Reba. Live in concerts. 
Borgata Hotel, Casino and Spa, Friday, February 18th. Get tickets now at theborgata.com. Reba, live in concert. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Remember, this weekend, tomorrow, is your final opportunity to apply for the bonus tag striper deal. Okay? Bonus tag program winds up tomorrow, and it's going to go through. The, the program goes through December 31st. One fish, 24 to just under 28 inches. Take advantage of it. Plenty of bass around. I know my blog got a bunch of phone calls. Toppy, a little too early to talk about the troll. Yeah, we know, but let's get the word out early. Right now, though, right now, I promise this, right now. Remember last week? Right now. The eel is the deal. Tidal rivers, back bays along the sedges, and also out front. Very special guest on the Rack and Fin radio line. Don't get him on as much anymore. He's so busy and all over the place. Captain Al Crudelli III, Bayhound Charters based in Sea Isle. The eel is the deal. I said, Cap, got to help me out here, man. He says, oh, you with the eels, Tom P., with those freaking eel balls. I said, Al, Al, I, I, I promise never to do that again. <laughs> he said, okay, man, I'll come on Rack and Fin. Al, how you doing again? Sorry for those eel balls, little brother. <laughs> Good boy, Tom. How are you? Oh, Al, absolutely crazy. The bite is on. This Al, it seems like this prolonged north, nor'easter. Yesterday, Friday, I'm, I'm driving down the parkway. I almost got my external, almost got blown off the bridge going over the Mullica there on New York Avenue. What the hell is yeah, going mother, on? <laughs> uh, Mother Nature is not cooperating in the last few days, but uh, it's all part of the change, Tom. You know, it's, we're, we're switching over to the, the striper season, blackfish season, where temperatures yep. dropping, so it's all necessity. And by the way, excuse me, I'm collaring you right now, Crudelli. I'm collaring yep. you right now when it comes right. to, when it comes to togging. Crew is the Ayatollah of Tagarola, and he's going to be on in a few weeks. We're going to be talking about that. Got you in there, Al. Sorry. Is there, is he already no He's already in the computer. Okay, Al, you got it. So, Al, with the yeah. bass right now, he always told me it's about the, a little late, though, because it was always early, maybe a little warmer. I don't know what's going on. You said, Tom P., the eels, 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 eels right now along the sedge banks, the back bays, also out front. The eel is the deal, Al. Let's get into that. You are an expert striper angler. We all know that. Eels seem to be, they fit a niche, okay? They have their little little slot in there. You seem to excel at that, crew. Go into it. Oh, yeah. Eels are the type of bait that you can use spring to fall. Uh, oh, striper always, almost always wants to eat one. Um, more, they're, they're easy to keep on you. You can keep a couple in a Ziploc bag. You can yep. be on top of a bridge. You can sneak a couple in your tackle box on a party boat if you, you know, keep them properly. Mm -hmm. They're always good to have. Um, more concern right now, though, is um, it's a circle hook deal. Right. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, I mean, most people who were born and raised catching stripers on J hooks. And um, there's a few, there's a few things that, um, that I could possibly spread along that that'll help you guys um, help the hookup ratio with the struggle hook deal. Um, it is it is in effect. We do need to use struggle hooks now. Um, you know, uh, other, for everything other than an artificial. So um, you know, there's a few things that um, that we can that we can that we can hone in on. Al, the eel itself. I know. Listen, catching them. You go to the tackle shops right now. You're going to find. 
Eels available. I'm, I'm missing some shops, but that, that's how it is. Right. Hands to bait and tackle down in Cape May. Uh, Mike Cunningham, critter right there. See our bait and tackle. Billy and the oh, crew yeah. of Fanatics on, on uh, West Avenue in Ocean City. You have Dave the Rave Shoal there at Seacon Bay. Also farther up in the towards the top of the end of the Rackenfin area in Waretown Creekside Outfitters. Or Al, I know some guy, and and you know yourself, they, they're catching themselves, but right. Al, just that's keeping the eel alive, keeping it lively, keeping it ready to go. I mean, in a, in occasional lagoon or in a tank or what. Yeah, you're better, you're better to keep an eel in a, in a live car, obviously, with very small holes and, and tight. And when I mean tight, not not eel can't get his nose out even a little tiny bit because he'll get the rest of his body out with it. <laughs> yeah. tight, that's for sure. The tight, secure compartment. And you always want to keep them on the bottom. Um, you, know, you don't want to keep them up near the surface. That, you know, the current and everything else beats them around. But and they, they, you know, an eel spends most of his time down in the mud on the bottom. It can actually fend and feed for itself with grass shrimp and brine shrimp and things, different things that come, you know, that are in the mud where you put the basket down. But, you know, you can keep up to you know, 25 or 30 Amish with the current regulation. I believe you're allowed to have 30 on a person. Um, yeah, I know it's kind of ridiculous, but I right. think you're allowed to have 30 per person. Um, you know, guys, don't hold me to that. I would definitely check on it. But, um, you know, in that many, you could keep, you know, you could keep around your dock, and that's usually enough for a trip or two, uh, unless the bluefish are bad. If, if bluefish or oh, or, or yeah. fish or yeah, if they're <laughs> they're a hindrance, now you know then you might have to have a few more. But, uh, um, let's just let me know, Captain Two Live Crudelli the Third Bayhound Charters at a Sea Isle. Right there by Avalon Country Club. Avalon, uh, Country, Avalon Yacht Club. Yacht Club. I'm sorry, Al. And here they come. Snip. I got to hit. Snip. Head comes up. Bluefish. No, that could have been. Nope. Bluefish. Al, remember that we went through six eels yep. in about six seconds? And we got yeah. our asses out of there. <laughs> You're right. Well, and, and that was about the the last week in October, first week in November. Exactly. Uh, Halloween, Halloween is usually my it was when 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 back bay when back bay eeling was was a big thing for me to do in, in my charter business. Uh, Halloween was was when I started, and then Halloween yeah. through Thanksgiving, I would almost every night we were, you know, we were out um, on the, the edges of the sods and you know bridge surfers and, and other little you no know, places where creek mouths enter into the main streams uh, into the main you know in the main thoroughfares. They're all they're all they're all hot spots. And um, yeah, that's what that's the beauty of an eel. You can use an eel, like I said, as a man uh, fishing on top of a bridge or fishing around some docks, or you can use them on a boat. You know, they're very, extremely versatile, and a striper usually, usually, almost always will eat one. Al, getting the eel not to ball up on a hook. Uh, you showed me the thing. Tom P. Throw a frozen bottle of water in the bottom of a bucket that'll calm them down, or use this, use that. How do you prevent that eel balling, crew? Well, you really. <laughs> Really, it's, it's it's something that that, that you're gonna have to put up with. Unfortunately, you know, I I know guys that smash the eels down on the gunnels and break their tails. They say and do this and that. But all I ever did when I did that was ended up with a dead eel. Which you know, <laughs> which you know, I, I I have to say, and I said it earlier. You know, we we said you know, dogfish and bluefish will bite your eels in half or in, in you know two thirds of yeah. it. You know, uh, you know. I found years ago, and probably found out out of necessity because we were running out of eels. But but those damn stripers, they like pieces of eel. Um, there wow. it's a leaking. It's well, it's bleeding. It makes it very easy to to find. 
And like I said, I wouldn't say to start that way, but if you're getting low and you don't don't throw all your half and two thirds eels overboard, throw them back in your bucket because they do work. They will work in a pinch. And um, actually, sometimes I've seen them in certain circumstances actually outfish a whole one. But wow, you know, that's a whole other story. Al, the size of the eel itself, you see them from what I call the linguine size up to the gobby doan size. Guys prefer this, guys prefer that. Size right. matter insofar as the fish you're targeting? Yes. Right now, again, we're, you know, we're, we're throwing back to guys who've been fishing for stripers for, you know, for a fairly short period of time. You're, you know, you're looking for your 40 pounder, your proverbial, you know, your fish of a lifetime, if you will. Uh, don't forget, guys, 39 inches, they have to go back, right. you know, so. You might want to instead of not that a big striper won't eat a smaller reel, but you can you can tend you can tend your bait towards the size fish that you're targeting if you go with a little smaller reel. Um, that's not always the truth. It's not, it doesn't always work out that way. But I will tell you that the, the, the gentlemen that, that spent their time using the big eel all day they, or all evening or the whole trip, if you will. Did usually catch the biggest fish. Didn't catch as many fish. Didn't get as many bites as my right. as the rest of the people on the boat. But they did catch the biggest one of the day. That eh, you know that's fine. I mean, I, I still like somebody to you know see somebody do that. But just keep in mind that over thirty nine inches, they have to be released now. So you know, if you want to gear your reel down a little bit, you know, go for the smaller reel in the bucket instead of the larger one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's not a bad idea. You know. It, you save yourself a little bit of disappointment, you know, <laughs> unless, you, unless you don't mind letting your biggest one go. I, I mean, I, I keep thinking back to last year and, you know, my early season around now, my first, the first three drivers yep. I was able to put my customers on all had to be released, but because they were too big. What a you problem, know? what a so, problem to have, huh, people? What a yeah, problem to have. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't mind, and, and I'm, and I'm, I, and really, but my anglers are, 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 are excited about letting some big fish go sometimes. But sure. I'm more concerned about the more concerned about the you know the welfare of the fish after after being fought you know a 50 pound fish after being fought for quite some time. It, they don't always they're not always in the best shape when you let them go. And some guys, you know, I mean, uh, re- you know, revival takes some time in the net, and you have to keep the boat moving. And you know, it's it's a little bit of a process to make sure that they survive. But, you know, um, it's certainly worth it to do so. You know, um, but if you fish with small reels, a lot of times you don't have to, you can avoid that whole situation. <laughs> Join us online to Captain Al Cordelli, Bayhound Charters. We're up against a hard break. Captain Al holding in for another segment. Let's go into one, hooking the eel now with the mandated. God, I hate that term. I think I think of the, the, yeah, the me pudding, too. I think of the pudding president in the White House. Yeah. Oh, that's just be crazy. And Al, also uh, proper rods. Not that I want that you know rod with the light tip. Whether you use braid or mono, what kind of leader? And Al, also as you mentioned, the end game. People, grab that cup, grab that red. We'll be right back. Captain Al Cradelli on the Bayhound talking. Eel is a deal. For the Lions Hatters. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Listen up, Birds fans. Boardwalk Honda is kicking off football season with game-changing deals all month long. Shop our lineup of new, pre-owned, and certified pre-owned Hondas. Score low lease options or low finance rates on select new vehicles. And credit problems are no problem. With over 25 financial lenders to get you approved and on the road to victory. Visit us in Ag Harbor Township or online at BoardwalkHonda.com. And remember, from Maine to Miami, nobody beats a Boardwalk deal. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go. Look out below. Back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 30th and 31st. Happy Halloween. Now, we're wondering, the kid's going to trick-or-treat tonight and tomorrow night? The trunk-or-treat thing tonight or tomorrow night? I don't know. It depends on the neighborhood, depends on the town, the township, whatever. But it really varies. Let's see. Last year, we had nine. The year before that, we had about 59. So who knows what to buy? See the price of Halloween candy? And I'm a Kit Kat freak. Well, I'll tell you, man. Had to, whoa, had to take a second mortgage on that deal because you never know what's going on. Join us on the line, Captain Al Cradelli of the Bayhound family. Man, he's familiar with a lot of Halloweens with... Mikey and Jimmy, the, the the twins. Oh, my God, Antoinette, my goodness gracious. Hey, Al, remember those Halloweens when you used to go out there walking up and down CR with the kids? <laughs> I'll be stuffing the Reese cups in my mouth. Let's see. <laughs> People, were talking the eel deal. Real fast, Al, just want to touch on the rods. I know we, we cover that every time, but the, just the rods, the softer tip. And, Al, I look at the stuff coming into tackle shops now, and you see, man, there's this rod for this, this rod for that, this rod for this. What do you prefer when you're eeling the back bays, sedge banks? What do you got? I prefer a spinning rod, seven foot, medium action, medium, 12 pound outfit along those lines. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to have fun. You know, you have fun, but you also want to be able to handle, you know, the, the, the occasional lunker. Um, also, sometimes casting the eel away from the boat in a drift is, um, is, uh, is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, the, 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 the ability of today's rods to handle just about anything and, and, and the lightweight is, is like holding nothing in your hand all day. Right. So, um, yeah, today's, uh, a lot of these rods guys are using for tog jigging or, or outstanding, outstanding for, for eel fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to mix their rods, you know, their tackle, um, more importantly though, is, is, is your rig. I, I've noticed with a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed with a circle hook that the traditional rig with, the but your longer, with a sliding weight, which has a, which can slide freely back towards your rod tip, is is not as beneficial as the is more along the lines of a Carolina rig, where mm-hmm. your 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 weight is more stable. Um, you don't the separation between the separation between the weight and your bait when the fish is running with it. Now remember, striper doesn't always run away from you. Striper a lot of time when you're yelling that, that you'll feel the pickup. But sometimes they move towards you, and right, and, right, and, yeah. and a lot of times, you know, they burst towards you at an awful lot of speed. This is not, um, you know, this, this, that's not beneficial when you're using a circle hook because circle hook works when the fish is pulling away from you. So you have to take up your slack a lot of times. When your egg sinker is pulling away, you cre- it creates quite a bit of bow in your line. And that, and that is not, you know, it, that doesn't make direct correlation to, to the hook pulling into the fish's mouth, which... Into the corner of its mouth is what you know mm-hmm. what you want a circle hook to do. So that's shorter rig and or no weight. Keep in mind, guys, that in a low current situation, 
Eels do tend to swim to the bottom anyway. I, I I'm not always sending my eel directly to the bottom. I want him to want him to find his way down there because as he's doing so, he's you know he's getting attention from the fish or the raptor. Mm-hmm. So you don't always want to pin him right to the bottom. Um, you know, th- again, let your situation depend, but. Um, high current situation, you always need six ounces to, you know, to get your, your egg sinker to get your, your reel down. Uh, sometimes a half ounce is plenty, you know. Al, let me ask you this regarding the line. Uh, you're, you're, I know you use braid, but the, the newer, especially the newer, not, not the ones when I was in the industry introducing them way back when, but the newer fluorocarbon lines, not leaders, the lines, uh, yeah. very sensitive, waterproof, I mean, really sensitive and stuff. They have a place in the eel and game where you strictly braid, and then would you use a floor, are you using a fluorocarbon leader or a hard mono leader? Uh, no, we all, uh, my go to rig will be 20 pound braid spliced in either with an all bright, it's my go to knot. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually add six to eight feet of regular hard mono, and then my let, and then the last part of my rig will be fluorocarbon, probably 30 pounds is go to. Okay. Um, Occasionally, occasionally I'll step up if I know there's big, bigger fish running. They do have the shark gill plate, and it, and it, you know just the natural environment we're fishing in for the most part. Is, sure. you know stripers like a rough environment, no no question. Al, working so. the eel itself, you let it do its own thing. Are there times when you know, it nestles down? I guess maybe in a muscle bed or something. You have to work that thing out. Give it some some it's impetus sure. of its own. Yeah, there's you know Neil's always going to want to hide once he gets down into the bottom zone. He's going to try to get into anything he can get into to keep himself from being exposed. So occasionally they will dig into the bottom, but you know if if, if you get into the feel for what's going on with your finger on the line, you know you can feel it. You know fish it along as you feel him start to dig into some. Just pop it up, close the bill for a second, turn your handle a t- turn or two, get him up off the bottom a little. You stripers aren't always fishing down. You know they're are feeding down. They're, you know, they, they suspend themselves up in the water column where they can feed both ways. They can feed up and down. So don't be so, like I said earlier, don't be so concerned with getting your reel immediately to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And also remember that the bite isn't always, as, as, uh, as we said earlier, it's not always a hard running away from your bite. Right. Sometimes it's just a hard tap, and then the fish will move away, move with you. You know, it will actually pick up the bait and actually swim with the current. You know, so pay attention to what it's doing. You may have to close your bail early, take the slack up before you make your final initial. Remember, you're not setting the hook. You're just right. kind of lifting go. and yep. turn, just lifting and turning the handle. It's going to take a little getting used to for some people, I'm sure. But you know, the law is the law. I mean, we've been I've been working with it for a couple of years now, knowing that the law was going to be enforced, and right. here it is. So, you know, it's you know, it's what we have to do. And just uh, what he know, said, uh, is, he said a couple of years, I told you, it's not a J-hook. Don't set the hook. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and and years and years of saying hit him, hit him, hit him. <laughs> now we're saying don't hit him, just lift. Al Crudelli the third, and my lovely Dean Marie just shook their heads at my... <laughs> my <laughs> insisting on a J-hook. Well, we're speaking to Captain Al Crudelli Bayhound out of Sea Isle. Eel is the deal. Now, this is, this is prime eel time, Al. One thing when you get to, and I want to get to a couple other things before I let you go. Al, here, guys, hook the eel through the eyes. Hook the eel again. You may have touched on this. Coming up through this, through one eye socket here. Nope, strictly up through the bottom, up through the top of the head. With the circle hook, Al, how, how are you rigging your reel? I prefer, believe it or not, I've always been a through the bottom jaw with the J-hook. That is, I always went through the bottom jaw and up to an eye socket. 
it kind of kept the yield from from pushing up, from eel balling somewhat. Mm-hmm. But with the circle hook, what I've been doing is going through both eyes at the top of the eel. Now, obviously, through, through both eyes, take an extra second. It does take it. Make sure you catch them both. And with the with the extra bend in the hook, it does tend to keep the eel on the hook. Kind okay. of keeps them from pressing up a little bit more. Again, you know, a bucket of ice cold water with a two or three eels in it, ready your ready baits, or it is a lifesaver, especially when you've got a few things going on, a couple mm-hmm. of fish on, mm-hmm. trying to get a couple of fish off, trying to get somebody back in the water. Uh, you know, the, 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 to ask someone to hang on for a second, keep your eel in the water all the time is a lot. You know, and that is your only other way of keeping an eel ball is when you're not fishing or you're moving from spot to spot is to keep your reel leaning, or, you know, your leader over the side enough that your reel is swimming, but not suspended right. up in the air where he's trying to, it's you know, jump in the air. He's, <laughs> yeah, he has no choice but to try to do that, you know. And, you know, if you were stuck on the hook, you'd be doing anything you could do to get <laughs> off, I guess. <laughs> Crew, listen. Prime times. So listen, right. now, now we're going to my back to my freshwater proclivities. Love to eel fish at night on a lot of the rivers because I'm Italian. Yeah. How do you know? Last time, Gabby Dones. God bless Santa Ana. She told me that word. Gabby Dones, big eels. I like to eat eels. But Al, prime time now. It's predicated on tide, daytime, nighttime, cloudy day like we had mostly yesterday, Friday. What's your prime time, eeliners? Just get out there now with the water temperature dropping. The eels are moving, and they're hung, or the stripers rather are moving. The eels, or the the bass are hungry. What's the dealio? Yeah, this it's a time. I mean, it's always like I said earlier. It's always a good time to use an eel. There, I mean, if you want a striper fish, an eel should be in your repertoire. It should be in your your bait stash all the time. Um, yeah, like I said, they, they almost always will eat one, except for when it's very cold, you know, in the spring. Uh, yeah. As far as it, as far as the tackle stores that carry them, as far as I see right now, almost everybody's got some. Almost everyone, if, if they don't have them this time of year, they're missing out because mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of guys that you know that. But you know, you're, if if you're not fishing in Neo, you are certainly missing your missing out on on a big part of your uh, mm-hmm. your striper fishing. There is there's guy. I mean, I I love the plug for them too. There's some there's something special about when you when they hit an artificial. Oh yeah. You know you are trick. You know yeah. I mean you know there is something to that. You know you're you're tricking them. It's a pop and plug explosion. You know we know what that's like too. But um but for for consistently putting you know, a fish on the boat in the boat getting bites eels away to go. There is no question. Especially this time of year, as you said, you have you're gonna have an influx of you know you're gonna have your transient fish. The right. fish that live here pretty much all the time. Um, you know, all they've been around all summer. They're going to have, you know, they're going to have these visitors dropping in. These these migrant mm-hmm. fish are going to be coming down, and that gets them going. You know, it makes it makes them all want to bite because you know the competition fact with fish is is a, is a major factor as far as getting you know stuff to bite. That's like and, um, also, that's like putting me in a pizzeria when a crowd walks in. Look out. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Join us online, Captain Al Cordelli, the third Bayhound Charters. Al, before I let you go. Sure. I know you're, you're hardcore on the conservation end of things. Keep some fish to eat as long as it's legal. That's fine. The end game, again, you're using lighter tackle, the end game with the bass. Again, the water's cooler, so that, that helps them a little bit after you know a longer fight, whatever. End game, keep one. I know the limit is only one. Catch and release. What do you tell your clients? I I, I like to tell them to keep this, a smaller one to eat. You know, keep your... 
uh, it's up to them. I, right. you know, I, I feel bad. I feel bad these days telling anybody anything because the, the state and the government certainly isn't doesn't have any problem telling telling me what I can tell my customers they can do. So I hate putting any <laughs> other restrictions on them. If you get what I'm saying, yeah. But um, you know, I, I it, it's my job to let them know that the smaller fish are probably better to eat. But if you're looking for more meat to bring home, well, that's certainly sure. your prerogative to bring them that. 30, 38, and 7 eighths. You know, it's, it's, it's legal. 37 so. and 7 eighths. Captain Al, before uh, I let you. Yeah, hey, I'm trying to stretch it as it goes. <laughs> Darn it. I knew you thought you weren't going to catch that. Crew, so. before I let you go, one, how's the mom? Uh, uh, everybody's great. Beagle's in here. Sandy Girl. The greatest rabbit hunting beagle in Cape May County is the Sandy Girl Crudelli III. She's sitting right here listening to every word, Tom. She wants to get you back out. She she says you owe her one. Still. I can just I can just see what's going through that beagle's mind behind those big, big almond colored eyes. Oh, that loser! <laughs> that loser! The one who my no, my, who my owner said don't move, don't, and he keeps moving and scaring the bunnies. I know that I crew. I can read. I, I could read her mind from here. <laughs> most 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 guys could get away with moving their feet a little bit when they're as big as you, Tom. You can't move an iota. He's he's talking about when I listeners when I walk, I leave potholes, much less jogging. Krug, do me a favor, give, right. that, give that phone number, website, and Facebook page. Go. Okay, it's uh, Bayon Charters six zero nine six zero two two six six two. Anybody wants to get out and do a little night fishing, a little night eeling, please give me a call. Crew will get it done. Al, see you soon. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, The eel is the deal. Be right back. Rackin' Finn Radio. A little longer night seven. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. A lot of stuff going on here. It's Rackin' Finn Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Fox News. I'm Carmen Roberts. Police just outside the nation's capital warning of a possible ISIS terror attack this weekend. We received information concerning potential public safety impacts to malls and shopping centers. Fairfax County, Virginia, Police Chief Kevin Davis says while they're working to confirm the threats, they'll keep extra officers on the street ahead of the Halloween weekend and Tuesday's gubernatorial election. Security's tight in Rome, where President Biden and other world leaders are gathered for the G20 summit. More than a dozen leaders are here, but the presidents of China and Russia are both staying away. Fox's Simon Owen. And Santa Fe deputies say three people handled the gun that killed a cinematographer before it was given to Alec Baldwin. America's listening to Fox News. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather Forecast for South Jersey. Today will be a blend of sun and clouds with a shower in the area, high 67. Mostly cloudy skies tonight, low 51. Overcast tomorrow morning, then occasional sunshine by tomorrow afternoon, Sunday's high 67. It'll be clear tomorrow night, low 46. Great night for trick-or-treating. Monday, mostly sunny, high 62. I'm AccuWeather's Sally Sherman on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, back inside, Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 30th and 31st. I was Captain Al Cordelli in the Bayhound talking. Stripers, the eel deal for the line siders. 
Well, today the permit bow season opens in all zones, and you have until t- tonight to get that buck permit. So an extra $28 for that buck tag to get it going. And I'm telling you, I've seen it now this past week, especially driving up mostly northern portion of the state. You know, people, I get to travel all over the place. I'd say, and my blog says, you know, it's going to start the first, second week in November. I it's it's uh, from the does I've seen being chased. I think now whether they're receptive or not, I don't know. But to me, when the chase is on, the rut is on. Sort of an early Happy New Year, you know, in the parallel universe of Rack and Fin Radio, when the season opens, indeed, calls for a Happy New Year. Next Saturday, the sixth is the general opening small game season. We're talking stock pheasants and stock Bob White quail on. See, the Rinnicks are on, or the uh, Bob Whites, rather, are on two wildlife management areas. We're going to Peasley. The Ringnecks are going to be on, let's see, 23 wildlife management areas, as well as uh, sometimes occasional stocking in Fort Dix, and also on an expansive Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Air. Man, I get a lot of birds up there on the, I guess, Warren-Sussex border. So us on right now, very special guest on Rack and Fin Riddle, when we can track him down, because, listen, he is in the woods in the marsh or on the waters. Dave Golden, Director of Division of Fish and Wildlife. Dave, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Radio. It is Pheasant and Bob White time, little brother. Sure is, Tom P. How are you? It's great to be with you this morning. Well, thanks, man. Hey, listen, I'm lock, cock, ready to rock, Dave. You know, and the ringnecks, especially the Bob, well, the Bob Whites, I'm not good at Bob Whites. I just sort of raised the gun. Yeah. Because, you know, they're gone. But the ringnecks, we do put a few in the bag. Dave, you have another great year coming up. Projected listeners, 57,480 pheasants being stocked. And we're looking at, what, uh, 11,000 bobwhites being 11, stocked? 11,000 bobwhite quail. Dave, this is, again, win-win across the board. You're keeping the program steady. You had a new formula several years ago that they spread the birds around. Now, I know there has been some habitat improvement projects, correct? For example, on Stafford Forge. More fields for the birds. It's it's a it's an ongoing improvement in the upland situation here. Absolutely, our staff is out there on a regular annual basis improving the habitat of the existing fields. And what just happened in Stafford Forge Wildlife Management Area is we added 15 new acres of fields. So happy to provide that opportunity to the stamp buyers and the hunting public. Dave, again, the the program when it was you know, redone, whatever, more birds were pulled from the north, and I guess uh, and my cousins and I still hunt up north on occasion. Got over that. You spread the birds around, uh, less competition, more safer conditions, so to speak, and and there's birds constantly. Listen, especially if you get out after ten o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, eleven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, or on a Tuesday or Thursday, also stocking days. Dave, you got quality experiences all all waiting to happen. Yeah, statewide on 23 different wildlife management areas. The uh, the formula really helped a lot. It helped us balance the number of birds across the state in the different wildlife management areas. Um, to your cousins up north, the, the, the north still gets a slightly higher percentage, but that's simply because they have more fields. Mm-hmm. So the formula addresses the amount of stocked area, and that's how the birds get allocated. Well, Dave, hunter feedback. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to me that the vision, because you know me, Golden, I'm older than I, I, I taught Jesus how to use a cast net. That's how old I am. That there wasn't the guys in the head in the Division of Fish and Wildlife, back then, Division of Fish Game, and I called it Health Fisheries, making the decisions. 
you have hunter feedback here and that came to the point where you said time to make a change and you're listening to the to the the stockholders so to speak and it, it, to right. me david it was a win-win across the board most i'd say 90 percent, david of hunters i run into you get to some well they put more birds here than me or hunters naturally 90 percent, Dave, and i you know me i come from nantuxet all the way down to tuck tuck a hoe in the accent all the way up to Wallpack and Flatbrook. Overall, everyone seems, I said everyone, 90% seems satisfied with the program and enjoy the experience. Yeah, we get a lot of positive feedback from the hunters on this particular program. I mean, 70, or excuse me, 57,000 pheasant stock statewide for a $40 pheasant yeah. stamp. I mean, that's a pretty great deal. And our staff is out there doing what they can to distribute the birds as evenly as possible in the fields that get stocked. Um, one change we did make this year to the formula is that on any given stocking day, the minimum number of birds that are, or excuse me, not a day, but um, the minimum number of birds that are allocated to a wildlife management area is now 820. So that's a slight increase from what right. it was before used to be 600 now it's 820. I just saw that again. Listeners go to the digest page 50 55 right here. Yes, I'm cheating. The digest the numbers are in size forever in my memory. I'm like they're on a computer. Oh, look at the birds. Where are they going? Where are they going? <laughs> but yeah, eight, Dave, 820. That's uh again, Dick's Fort Dix gets 350. So that, again, that's that's not an aberration. It's just a, like to me a token stocking, but you're talking 820 birds for example, the Howardsville section of Greenwood. Ho oh, ho. All the guys who are over there chasing the ringnecks, or chasing the bobwhites, rather, were over there at Howardsville. Not many fields, but a lot of birds, Dave, for the area. So yeah. great job all around. Now, Dave, going from Rockport, raising the birds themselves, to going to an outside vendor, that seems to be a win-win situation again across the board. Yeah, that was a tough decision because there was yeah. a lot of history there in the Rockport pheasant farm. Um, but we made it because there were some uh, additional requirements for um, the avian influenza, and it was also costly to operate that farm. So we went yeah. to an outside vendor and were saving money on purchasing the birds compared to growing them. And what we've also found that the, the hunters seem to appreciate is that it's a very accurate estimate of the number of birds that will be stocking each year. In years mm -hmm. past, we didn't know if we were going to hit above or below our projection with the farm. And now we're buying them outright. The birds are high quality. They are fast yep. flyers. And we know exactly the number. So we're able to bring, again, you know, all totaled, we're stocking 72,000 birds. Um, that's when you include the quail and the chuckers that we mm -hmm. put out for the dog training areas and the pheasants that we stock not only for the uh, regular season, but also for the um, youth hunt. The youth pheasant so, hunt. I was just going to get into that, Dave. That's a grand, yeah. grand program, my man. Yeah, what a what a, what a a neat program. Great opportunity for the kids to get out and do a mentored hunt. Um, and then also what we changed in our regulations a couple years ago is that those birds are out there on the landscape and kids can hunt for the rest of the week. The whole entire uh, the, week, right. That's right. The residual birds that don't get um, taken the first, that Saturday um, uh, or today, 
uh, are uh, going to be available for the rest of the week. Now, listen, go to njfishandwildlife.com. Go to the, the hunting page, pheasants, you know, upland game, and you'll see the, the you know, dates for the, the youth hunts. Well, Golden, here's my, here's my one biatch with that. My age, when I started, I was just thrown into the freaking fray. There was no youth opportunity. You were out there with the, the Vandals, Visigoths, and the, and the Legions and the Hordes, and it was a crazy time, man. But this gives the youth a quality experience. And, again, kudos on a great program. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Um, we uh, we really appreciate it. We all, we appreciate your support. Um, we appreciate all the Stampire support. And um, everyone has a, a fun and safe time out in the field. Oh, Dave, again, $40. Listen, $40 for a pheasant quail stamp. Again, there's a great preserves out there. You want the whole thing on credit. You got it. But you're paying, what, I'm, I'm thinking now, Dave, again, numbers I'm bantering around from north, central to south, anywhere from 21, 22 to 25 for a cockbird, a.k.a. rooster, and 18 to 23 for a, a hen. Whoa. And, there, again, there's minimum buys. Listen, $40. You pick your days. You plan the time you're out there, and Dave, you're going to get birds. I mean, we 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 stomp them out, man. Yeah, yeah, and don't and you know for the hunters that want to participate in this program, uh, please don't forget the midweek opportunities. Right, Tuesday now, there's a lot. Yep. There's a lot of excitement around the the weekend, but check out those midweek opportunities. Dave, one last question before I let you go on the Bob Whites again: Peasley, Greenwood Forest, fifty five hundred birds for for each. Listen, uh, for opening day on that, it's going to be 600 and 600. That's a lot of birds, a lot of pressure. I know, Dave, we say this every year, but I have to ask you, because people ask me, what about another tract where quail can be stocked so it doesn't get that crowded? Like, now, Dave, you've seen the Greenwood Forest, that main lot, Mary Mother, or 539, Mary Mother God. It's like the bus terminal in Manhattan. Yep. What's the dealio with that? I know I ask you this well, every year, but I just want to keep it out there. What do you got? <laughs> and I'm honest with you every year, yep. and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, stick to that and say that we've been in discussions about the possibility of adding another parcel, another parcel or uh, area that we would stock with quail. Um, we're giving some consideration to that possibility up north. Um, it's a little. Well, I'll say it's, it's, it's challenging in the fact that mm -hmm. you need to do a game code change in order to do that. That's what I, I said. Uh, people, it's not that easy. You just can't pick a track and throw birds out there. Please qualify, yeah. Dave. <laughs> that, so, yeah, so I'll qualify it by saying that. But we're considering it. One of the reasons that there hasn't been one up north has been because um, for quail, they're a little more delicate than the pheasant. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, we've had some problems with cold morning. Yep. Um, but as winter seems to be a little more mild, you know, we're thinking that maybe we could find a spot to do it. So we are considering it. Dave Golden, thanks for joining us on Rocket Fit Radio. Listeners, a happy new year, a week in advance. Next Saturday, opening ring at statewide, small game, but ringneck and Bob Whites. Go to page 55 in the digest. Check out the numbers and these birds. Golden are gorgeous. Wait, that was, that's a little alliteration here. Golden, they're gorgeous. <laughs> you take care, man. <laughs> Thanks, Tom P. It's always great talking to you. We'll see you soon, man. Bye. And let me tell you something, people. Golden is out there. Whether he's in a tree stand or a, he is, he is out there hunting. Be right back. Wrap it up. Rack and Fin Radio. 
So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Hi, I'm Dan Tracy. I'm a workers' compensation attorney. At Goldenberg Mackler, we've handled thousands of workers' compensation claims over the years. Our experienced attorneys understand the law and will fight to get you the benefits that you deserve. When injured at work, make the right call to Goldenberg Mackler. Call us at 609-344-7131. That's 609-344-7131. Or visit us online at gmslaw.com. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Going to wrap it up on Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of October 30th and 31st. Now listen, tomorrow is the final day of early voting. Polls will open Tuesday, Monday, too late. The need to get out to vote to get that Massachusetts carpetbagger anti-hunter, anti-fisherman, anti-trover out of the state capitol. Vital, vital. Marshal of forces. Back on Rack and Fin Radio after last week. One last blast. Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Ed, the importance of getting out to vote. Let's go. What do you got? Well, we're working hard to get them out. We've, we've contacted over 35,000 of our Sportsmen, to get them out to vote. Right now, the vote is too close to call. We're within that standard deviation. Uh, with three days to go now before the actual election on on uh, the 2nd, uh, it's too close to call. If we don't get out and we don't get our numbers out the way we did for Christie, we're going to wake up on Wednesday morning and we're going to face four more years of hell with King Philip. So it's up to us to get out there and vote. I know you're going to look at this mammoth poll that came out. It's a fake poll. Yep. It's a poll that's put out by controlling the um, the pollsters. Uh, it shows they're eight percent ahead, and that's done. Uh, Tommy as a political ploy to yep. try to get the other side not to come out to think your vote is not going to count. Well, they're wrong. The vote is going to count. If we look at the votes between the individuals who are most likely to vote in this election. It's a dead heat. It's too close to call. Ed, let me interrupt you real fast. Up again, we're closing the show. Like you said, there are bills sitting on King Philip's desk, okay? People, you have to realize that he signs these things. It's a done deal. Ed, go into the reports again. Getting out to prevent this. Getting out to prevent it. He's got a bill on there that would give municipalities a right to set the times for duck hunting. True. He's got bills out there that would... Um, stop you from buying a gun, a long gun, a shotgun, or a rifle till you're 21. He's got things that would change the way the firearms ID cards are issued. All of these things are out there. And he's got the bear hunt stopped. This past week, Franklin Borough Council passed a resolution asking him to open the bear season because right. of the tremendous increase of interaction between their citizens and black bears. And it's a deaf ear. It's politics as usual. It's not science. Don't don't confuse me with the facts. 
I'm going to do whatever is politically expedient. So we've got we've got three days to get the people out on Tuesday to vote. Voted the numbers we did for Christie, and we're going to have a new guy in drum thwacket come Wednesday morning. Admiral. If you don't, right. you're going to put up with four more years of pure hell with all kinds of things coming down the pipe from King Philip to try to do away with hunting and fishing and trapping in New Jersey. Ed, well said. See you next week, Tuesday. We'll celebrate, man. I got that. Markowski, Markowski. You're going to blow somebody out of drum thwacket and <laughs> bring somebody else in. Markowski, I got that feeling. Take care, man. Best of the misses. Okay, same to you, Tommy. See you. And one final close. That was Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance. Great Goombad, Lou Gambali, New Jersey President, Chapter Tur Wild Turkey Federation. Now, wild turkey hunters like trappers. They keep to themselves, keep on the queue, on the low queue, they're quiet. Lou is out there. We have to get rid of Murphy. Lou, thanks for joining us. One last word, Lou. Get your turkey guys going, man. What do you got? Uh, Tom, listen, man, it's it's crunch time, right? Plain and simple. Yep. I, I think there's plenty enough history and plenty enough information out there to uh, to settle your mind well before Tuesday. The time is now to, 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 to react. I mean, we had a, a, a very dismal showing in the last government a, a governor election, and we got to step up and do our part. You know, this, uh, you know, complaining after the fact without the action, it don't cut it. Uh, if you value your outdoor experience and you want to continue to enjoy the great outdoors and state and forest lands in New Jersey, then let's, uh, let's get Jack in here and let's, let's do the right thing on Tuesday. Very, simple. very well said, Luke and Bolly. We'll see you next week. We're going to celebrate you, me, Marcus, and the whole crew. Get rid of Murphy, Jack for governor. See you next week, man. Take care. See you, brother. Thanks. And that should do it this week on Rack and Fin Radio. Get out and enjoy. See you next week. 95.5 FM.